Hey guys, hope everybody's well. Um, I thought it was a good day for an update. Um, I guess there is quite the update. <laughs> um, so I actually travelled home. Um, everyone's gonna sigh. I mean, I sighed as well, to be honest. Um, yeah. So look, this this injury just kind of. I don't know, got to the, got to the point where, um, like I missed another, this is a, another weekend where, um, you know, there was plans to do a long run and, um, I guess the plan was to do probably about two and a half hours, which, um, would have been, you know, the, sorry, I'm just looking for a set of AirPods. It would have been like the longest, um, the longest long run of the build-up, um, and if you've you've been following along, um, you'd realise that there really hasn't been um, any long runs. Um, but there's been, when I look back, there was there was two, there was one 18 miler, there was one 20 miler, um, which isn't a disaster, but it's not great, um, and there. It, Essentially, in the, in the last, that's really pissing me off here that I can't find my airports. It ain't, it ain't looking good. Um, so yeah, in the last, um, I guess three or four weekends, I, I, I can remember back to my first, like, you know, my, my first weekend before the easy week and I'm running along Woody Mountain Road with Katie and it's the first time I decide to do a little bit less. Um, and, uh, you know, at this point, um, at this point, there's no real issue. So like, I think the previous week I'd ran 106 miles. Um, and yeah, I, I, I just make this decision to run a little bit less. Like I, I don't even remember why. Oh, I know I do because before the Olympics, when I ran, I think I ran 27 miles on the Sunday, for example. Um, and that then put me quite a bit behind going into the easy week. So I felt tired. Um, I ended up getting sick at the end of the week, etc., etc. So this time, um, I make this conscious decision to, you know, do less, which was 14 mile. Um, and I guess really since that, it took about four weeks since that day to get back up over. 20 mile that 20 miler and different things just kept popping up so like um you know i i fucking started peeing the wrong color and you know that wasn't very good um and then you know as as time went on then i i pick up the you know i pick up the the nagging hip and and glute injury and you know the first time i might have mentioned that on the podcast was um sorry i'm stretching for a a plug now for charging my phone um yeah the first time i mentioned that in the podcast was actually after the the long tempo um in phoenix it it kind of reminded me and um i got a not peeing in the glute that day but there was a lot of tiredness in the glute that day um after the run um and and i was like fuck scully like fucking glute rehab and it was like a it was a quick reminder like you're not doing your glute rehab 
and when you don't do your glute rehab this is what happens um now on that note i did go see ronan and it kind of pissed me off because i thought to myself like you you know better and when i don't see ronan has treated me for maybe like seven years and so he knows the ins and outs of my body. He knew exactly where to look. He knew exactly where it was probably going to be stiff, where it was like, um, and I suppose you could see that as a pro or a con, but um, look, he just instantly, he was like, you've been neglecting this sort of stuff. You've been neglecting that sort of stuff. And he just knew. And like, it annoys me because I know that it's fine to spend, you know, four or five weeks up at altitude, even six but like it was me pushed that to go to eight and like once I go to like seven eight like that's when the first thing I do when I go see Ronan every single time or he does he goes do a few lunges do a few squats and then he puts me on the table and he you know he like he, he has a look at the hips and then he puts one left hand on right upper back right hand on I'm on my front right left hand on this is sound like a sound like something that's not me on my front um left hand on right upper back right hand on right hip and he and he tugs away at that fuck me it's got worse he tugs away at that right hip and and he's like essentially testing is there movement or is it really stiff hold on i'm back on my electrolyte tablets um he's testing is there movement um or yeah, have things got really, you know, stiff and, um, God, it's getting worse again. Essentially, has my body got, um, when I, when I, when I overwork that area, when I sent Ronan a video of me on the treadmill, like a long time ago, well, not a long time ago, but I was doing a session with, um, Ricky, the physiologist, and I sent that to Ronan and he noticed, he noticed on that right side, there was quite a bit more work. Um, body strikes the ground, and when your body strikes the ground, your your hips kind of collapse a little bit. Now they shouldn't collapse any more than like like the ordinary, but mine, I guess, then have been known to drop on that right side that little bit more. And this is where. You know, some people can have a little bit of a discrepancy and um, you can have, you know, what's known as like a shorter leg, etc., etc. And I don't I don't know that I have a shorter leg. In fact, you know, I don't think I do. But what can happen is um, you can actually buy but you can have a shorter leg, essentially, but it can be. Um, muscular so what I mean by that is it, it should be quite straightforward but by muscular it means that you essentially have been forced into a situation that you have a shorter leg because the muscles are overworking and then when the muscles overwork they tighten up and when they tighten up they almost like shrink um, that you know right side and or left side for some people and so a physio that doesn't know you could rush to the conclusion that you have um, one leg shorter than the other. But actually, that might only be the case, like I'm suggesting, because um, 
you know, it's muscular and not um, like bone. And actually, it takes you to do things like, um, I think you have to do like a DEXA scan, um, things like that. Like if you do a DEXA scan, I, I don't really think a physio, and I, I'm sorry if this comes off really wrong, I don't think a physio is in the best place to tell you if one leg is shorter than the other. And if you're a physio and you're listening and I'm wrong, then I, I, you know, I totally appreciate that. I'm not in medical field whatsoever. But the reason I say that is because, like I said, it can be tightness in the body. And so, for example, I go and see my masseuse on Saturday in Flagstaff. And when I first go in to see her, there's a huge, huge discrepancy in leg length. But by the end of the session, we've got that down to be in very, very little because basically all that was wrong was a lot of muscular as my right hip and, and SIJ, et cetera, et cetera, and QL because they're all shortened and stressed and under tension. Um, they've essentially, you know, shriveled up, so to speak. And so once once they kind of settle down and, and once we get a bit of body work done, they're allowed to lengthen again and it brings that leg discrepancy back. Um, but who's the kind of know the trails and flags that don't help, you know, they're, they're, you're, it's, it's not necessarily like single track trails, but it's, it's a lot of rocky areas. It's a lot of uphill. It's a lot of downhill. And, and so this is where I, I should probably, I'm going to write this in my notes actually right now. Um, so next time Flagstaff, double down on weaknesses. So that means um, hydration, um, rehab, etc. So why on earth, if you want to do a longer period of time um, at altitude, then, and, and you know, you're, you're not going to have your, your physio from home that, you know, perhaps normally, you know, keeps you in one piece and things like this. Well, then you've got to be willing to double down on the on the little things that you know perhaps flare up when you train for a lengthy period of time without physio, and that that seems really simple. But back to the fact that I flew home, and and obviously I said I would not fly home, and I made quite a big deal of that, and 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 to be honest, like it was a big deal to me, and it's kind of frustrating because I just had a conversation with um, my sports psychologist from home who's Gary Longwell and it was such a liberating conversation and um you know I, I I actually don't know if on the last podcast um I don't think I did like I'm gonna read you this little section of the book um and now the book's kind of like redundant because um <laughs> like look it's ugly oh yeah this is it here right so like now the book's kind of redundant because yeah like I said um like I'm, <laughs> I'm not doing Houston Marathon. So, um, so I said, what's really interesting is you always hear the best professionals talking about it's not easy. How being good is simply not easy, and how it's really difficult. The sacrifices, chores of being a pro, etc. But I don't think I've really understood that until now. And it's not, it's not that I haven't made sacrifices in the past, but I've never stood tall and fought back against my own demons. Let's be honest. Until the past few weeks or months, I've never said no to myself. 
Not when it really mattered. In fact, I seldom say no to myself, if I'm honest. If Stephen wants a PlayStation 5, I buy one. If I want a new TV, buy one. Apple Watch 7, buy it. Apple 13 Pro, done. The above is just a snippet of when I want something or want to do something, I do it. And actually, to be a better athlete, I'm having to learn there's times you have to say no. Not today, Stephen. That can seem a little strange at first, but actually, the question I've been asking myself, will it help Houston Marathon? Or simply things like, would Kipchoge do that? You can look up to people and use their example to shape your path, but you have to walk your own path. I don't think I'll ever be perfect, and I certainly don't think my path will ever look like Kipchoge's. And Kipchoge's path might not work for me. For example, drinking all that fucking tea. (laughs) But it's okay to learn from the Titans and take ideas from how they've risen to the top. The next 14 days will be all about saying no when it doesn't help the result at Houston and embracing that, leaning into that idea and not see it as scolding myself, punishing myself or anything like that, but actually backing myself to be the best prepared I can possibly be. So I I I have this gorgeous paragraph and and I speak to Gary on the phone and it's a fucking liberating conversation because you know for the first time there I am in Flagstaff Christmas you know coming up to Christmas week it's Friday morning and and you know everything's awesome and Gary's so like you know there's almost like a prideness and I'm proud and all these things and you know I do this like lovely post on Instagram and um, and, and people are commenting underneath of things they're committing to, and I, there's just a sense of like, it, w- it was more than Houston. It was like, it was like, yeah, like I say, like conquering demons and and all this stuff. And um, and then I, and then I like come off the call, and I I get changed into my running kit, and you know I do a, it's it's really cold in flag and and snow and stuff, and so I'm on the treadmill doing a session on the treadmill, and um, I do this treadmill session and. And then I just can't walk after the treadmill session. Like, like I, yeah, like, like really can't walk. And I, I feel like I might have already told you this. Um, and, and so I'm sitting down beside the treadmill and I'm like, oh, this is, this is not good. Um, like really not good. Um, and so then I, creep into the living room i text my masseuse in flag and i tell her you know i i, I can't walk um and I'm, of course i can walk but i'm like i don't put weight on that right side so i'm putting no weight through the right side hold on and i would have kind of come to understand about this injury is it's not sciatica but because it's in close contention or in close proximity, that's a better word, <laughs> what a word, um, it's in close proximity to the sciatic nerve that it can almost give symptoms of um, sciatica. And so I get shooting pains all down the leg, I get shooting pains up, you know, down the lower back, through the glute, etc., etc. But, and I don't know if this is the case with sciatica, but if I roll a bit on the ball, like the like I get a massage ball and I roll a bit, I feel like if I can stop whatever was upsetting the sciatic nerve, a lot of the pain and discomfort and the limp, etc., can go away. And so I'm kind of like, hmm, I don't think this is that bad. Okay. So Friday, um, not a good day. Get some treatment that Friday. Saturday morning, I wake up. I 
um, I'm supposed to be resting, but I'm very aggressive. And so I decide, you know, I'll rest when I know that I really have to. But I was like, but actually, I did finish yesterday's session and it was a good one. And I did get treatment. And so maybe I could actually run today. And so I get a mile and a half down this trail. And and for a mile and a half, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm getting away with this. This is fucking awesome. All this hard work I've put in. I've got tempo back there, really good place, you know, um, all these things. Like, I'm, I'm back tempoing at, like, 61-minute pace for half marathon. I'm so excited and blah, blah, blah. And and I get a mile and a half down this trail and then, bang, my back, my, my glute, I'm, like, uh, I'm, like, shriveling up again. And, and then I have to limp back to the Jeep. That's Saturday. Um, so then I, I bike for 90 minutes that night, um, cause I'm still at this point, I'm still kind of clinging to Houston. I still want to put in that aerobic work. I, I, I didn't want there to be gaps in the program. So that's fine. Saturday goes down is not a great day, but 90 minutes on the bike is still pretty solid. Um, Sunday I wake up, I'm, I'm now, I'm now getting, just a little bit deflated, okay? So I wake up, um, I'm, I'm still sore, and I'm, I'm on the phone, you know, I, I, I think I called Katie, and I'm chatting on the phone, and, and it just kind of dawns on me that, well, actually, you know, I, I called Rob, I speak to Rob, and I, I ask Rob, no, I text Rob, that's what I do, first thing Sunday morning, I say, this is the first time, you know, I, I know we've spoke about this before, but... I was like, it's the first time that I've kind of, I've kind of been stressed about Houston. And I was like, I just feel like I really wanted Houston to work because, you know, Boston didn't go well and Tokyo didn't go well. And, and I, I almost like in a way needed it to work, but I'm starting to look at the, the patterns here. And the patterns every weekend is that I'm supposed to be doing um, a long run or, or a long session. And, and you know, I, I'm <laughs> it just it's just because I went to that soggy bottom road and struggled. And, I, and it reminded me of like three weeks before or two weeks before when, you know, I was there and I was walk jogging, for example. And that day when I was walk jogging. There was a, you know, another elite professional athlete out there who's training for for Houston Marathon and they're doing their long run. They might not be like flying. They might not have done a really hard long run, but ultimately they probably did more of a long run than I did. And that's probably been the case for, you know, at that point, like goodness really knows how long that's been the case for like it they might have gained an advantage on me four weeks in a row because it was just getting to the point where these gaps that I was supposed to be filling in and these gaps that I was supposed to be like you know taking care of like we, me and Robert already had a conversation about 10 days ago and and that was along the lines of you know I've, I've missed things there's gaps you know I've missed volume because I didn't the, the easy week was fine. I, that was intentional. The week after the easy week with the urine issue, I shouldn't be running 50, 60 miles. It's it's just not great. Um, then all of a sudden the glute injury comes 
And and then instead of doing double runs, you're not doing double runs. Instead of going to the gym, you're not going to the gym, etc., etc. And so I I put here um, treatment, and I said this part of the sport is dirty. And I said good session, but I couldn't walk after, and I really might have fucked this one up. I guess until now, you guys have been reading along and likely would do the same as I have done. I didn't listen to my body. Not when the doctors told me advice about going to ER in the dark urine. And I told myself and my housemates, I'd take the weekend off running. However, I didn't take the weekend off running. The dark urine, I persisted for five days. But the reality is I went and ran. It's been three weeks since I did the 12 miles tempo in Phoenix. And I've been limping through sessions ever since. Struggling in warm-ups, not able to warm down, then limping through the recovery run the next day or biking. This is truly the dirty part of the sport. And I take myself back to lockdown 2020 when I first asked Rob to help me. We were supposed to only run once a day, COVID rules, but I'm out at the store waiting in a line at Tesco and somebody tags me on Instagram. They've just took my championship record on Strava or course record. Now, this is funny because this is the first time that I got this injury in the past. And and what I'm talking about here and when I say like, but the dirty part of the sport and I don't love the next part is that this is actually self-harm. And we do it all the time. We know our bodies aren't okay and we go run or we do a session. For God's sake, I was joking with my masseuse this AM, but how I should have rested and probably not done a session Wednesday. So Wednesday is when I went to Phoenix. And I I had decided that I was going to take the Wednesday easy and I was going to do the session Thursday. And then even when I warmed up, there was still an issue with the glute, but I persisted and I just did it. And then I got away with it. But sometimes that's the worst thing that can happen. Because you get away with it and then you think it's fine. But then when I do the session Friday, I don't get away with it and it fucking hurts excruciating. So I say the dirty part of running and certainly at a professional level is you don't get to call the organizer of Houston and ask him to reschedule. Hey, bud, having a little bit of a hip issue and I had a bit of a urine problem. You wouldn't set it back three to four weeks. Thanks very much. Sadly, that's not the case. You either run through discomfort or you rest and lose fitness forward slash time. Every day you don't run, the eventual winner of Houston will gain around 15 to 20 miles a day on your training. I already lost a few, I already lose a few miles every day to elite marathon professionals whose body allows them to run 120 to 50 miles per week. So when my body says no, and in the warm up it's sore, if I'm honest, I slap a little bit of Volterol on or deep heat or Tiger Bam and say, I'm sorry, but we must. Look, it's ugly, and I've been limping around all day and had to limp my body into massage, but 15 minutes or so, but in 15 minutes or so, I'll limp my way upstairs and climb onto the road bike and get the work done. Because Houston, my competition, the finishing line, they don't give a fuck about your tired QL or your inflamed SIJ joint or your dark urine. Nobody said it was easy. And so, yeah, that's like the, that's kind of like the ugly truth. Like, there, there's a lot of times I, I push through. Um, I, I don't think I'm like an injury prone athlete, but that doesn't mean that I don't run through pain in, in every marathon build up that I've done. There's there's been pain. There's been um, discomfort. There's been concerns. There's risks. Um, and so given the way Boston went and given the way Tokyo went, then I, I just couldn't afford to take chances when it comes to the next marathon, you know, not going 
um, well, not at least having a, a somewhat fair chance of. I, I'm, I don't want to run two twelve. <laughs> I, I, that's not what we're. That, that's not what I'm about, right? And I, I, there's nothing wrong with 212, but I want to move forward, and I always have wanted to move forward. I've wanted to use. What's the point in having the knowledge, um, you know, the the support network in place to to run fast times if you're not gonna, you know, be patient and use it, right? And so, of course, I could possibly go to Houston and and you know run solid and i really want to like you, you guys have no idea like i'm still clinging to it i'm still thinking like well if you know that treatment with ronan went really well yesterday if i'm able to run easy today and i'm e- able to run easy tomorrow does that mean i could do a big session friday and and you know then could i do houston i am still dying to do houston but it's not the right call when you've had two problems in a build-up dark urine and then you've literally had a problem that has forced you to fly home. And I mean forced me to fly home. I, I had treatment in America for three weeks. Three weeks I was getting treatment two or three times a week and I still had a glute stroke hip problem. So there's just nothing. At that point, I just felt th- this was the decision. The decision was you stay, you persist, you try to run in the morning. Maybe you rest for a day. You try to run the next morning. There's still pain. There's still discomfort. You try again, you bike, you try again, you bike. At what point would I be willing to just say Houston is gone? If I stayed up a mountain in Flagstaff by myself, I wouldn't have been able to do that. But by flying home, I was able to get treatment instantly. Treatment that I know in the past worked. And I'm really confident that I'll go for a run in the next you know, probably half an hour and, and not have pain for the first time in probably three weeks. And that's after one session with Ronan, because Ronan is very good at dry needling, very good. And and they were in there for probably, you know, 10 minutes, 10 minutes in the glute, you know, three or four minutes in the back. Well, it felt like 10 minutes. It might not have been, but it felt like 10 minutes. And and it, it just does a very good job of getting a lot of contractions um, a lot of little like whatever they are like jolts and and it gets just lets the muscle calm down um now also with flying back it's not it was never id but flying back forced me to rest for two days because i rested like after travel because i didn't get into belfast till 7 p.m and then i rested the next day because i on purpose scheduled a session with ronan early in the day and i knew he would give me dry needling and i knew i'd have to rest after dry needling so it forced me to have two full rest days, which I never do. And so there was a lot of there was a lot of perks. And and obviously by flying home it, it would let me more peacefully let go of Houston. It felt it felt like a breakup. It was like, I need to get out of here. I need to like when you when you break up and you have to just you have to just leave. You have to just create space. And yeah, like look it's not nice. It, it's especially not nice when you're fucking writing a book and <laughs> like you thought it was going to go really well and and here you are like you know maybe I could still finish the book but like I don't really know how the book closes at this point um the marathon was going to probably be quite a nice close to the book and um uh, quite a nice final chapter and um the reality is now I'm I'm home and um yeah like I I, I the, the good thing was is that I made 
as many of the right decisions as I could until the point that Houston, I, I, I spoke to three people and all three people believed that Houston was a bad idea. Rob was one of those people. Um, Haas, my agent, was another one of those people and my parents. And, and my parents loved to see me race and, and, and they'd be the last people to be like, yeah, we don't think you should do it. But it just got to the point where when I actually looked at the training that was missed, when it comes to when it comes to missing long runs, and the long runs are probably the part of the marathon that gets you home, it's likely I could have got to 20, maybe even 22 miles without issues. But even leg cramping, for example, take fitness aside, leg cramps, time on feet, you know, the long runs just weren't done. And because the long runs weren't done, it was put me under a lot of pressure to probably try to make up time in the last three, four weeks. Now, if by some miracle, there's like, look at me, I'm clinging to it again. I'm still, I'm still hopeful that I go for a run today. There's no pain. And like I say, I can do a double run tomorrow with strides. And then, you know, by some miracle, able to do a big session tomorrow. I'm still clinging to the idea that Houston could be, you know, awesome. But sadly, like that's, it's just like clinging to a, a, you know, a relationship that, you know, has to, has to end. And I wouldn't be doing myself justice. I could, I could potentially make Houston work, but I wouldn't be doing myself justice because it's not been a clean buildup. And the more you read in the book, the more you see that, you know, that I go into more detail about the dark urine. I, you know, I go into more detail about the hip, you know, the, the runs that I miss. And on the podcast, I'm not, I'm not talking about the, you know, the missed run on a Monday. I'm not talking about the missed run on a Wednesday or a Thursday because of dry needle. And like the book really shows a bigger picture of how much training was missed. And it was actually, it was only at the point where I couldn't run anymore that I even like got the bike in action. You know, the bike could have and should have been in action from the start. And that I could have made up volume. I realized that even by biking three times a week, that was three hours of extra training that I could have done on top of the 80 to 90 miles a week, rather than only bringing the bike into the equation when I was hurt. And so, look, there was there was lessons learned. Um, it, it'll certainly not go down as a waste. You know, I, I it really brought back the light, the importance of hydration and the importance of rehab. Maybe there was a sloppiness and a like a complacency, and um, maybe when you're eager to, it's funny when you when you move to eager to prove, eager to fix things, eager to you know get things back on track in terms of my marathon performances. It's it's almost easy to um, neglect some of the you know the very basics that um, got you to where you were, and that was the hydration. That was um, and, and there's a lot of things I did. I did really well. Like, um, like I slept really good. My lifestyle was really good. Um, but yeah, like, what can I say? Like, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm really sad. Like I text Haas and, um, the first thing I said to him was, um, you know, don't pull me out of Houston yet. Like this is, this is breaking my heart. And, and it really, it is really hard for me to, like let go of something that I've been training 
pretty hard for. And um, something that I really, I guess, just, oh, I just wanted it to go well, you know. Um, and, yeah, sadly, um, it doesn't look like um, it's, it's, it's going to work out. It doesn't look like um, it's going to, you know, go the way I wanted it to. But, um, but yeah, like, look, uh, that's fine. Like, not everything goes like, like, the, you know, the way you, the way you want. And, um, sometimes you just have to deal with that. So look, the, the plan at home, um, is, is really just to put in some, um, maybe like, like I have to kind of go back to, um, like, I guess what's called like building block training. So, um, bits of training that um, rebuild some of the fitness that I had built in Flagstaff. So when you've missed, even if you've only missed like four or five days, it's important that you go back um, and you do little bits of training that will get things going again in a, in a positive direction. Um, even if it only takes a week, you know, it might take two weeks, et cetera, et cetera. But you really have to do um, the, the basics, and then once you see things are kind of back to where they were, then you can probably go a little bit more adventurous and a little bit more advanced. Um, it would be a mistake. To, I mean, it would be awesome if, if this paid off, but like it would be a mistake to, like like I said, run easy today, run easy tomorrow, do some strides, and then think on Friday I can like, you know, do a 12-mile tempo. And by doing a 12-mile tempo, gain confidence that, oh my God, now I can do Houston Marathon. Because we already know that that 12-mile tempo would go really good because that's the side of things that have has been going really good. But it's about looking between the lines and saying, but you've missed four long runs. And marathon training is is really about how does your how does your preparation look on paper? Your preparation on paper will say more about the end result than one 12 mile tempo. And so the preparation on paper just has gaps. It just has, um, sadly it has, you know, long run gaps. Um, it has double, you know, there's a lot of double runs have been missed. There's a lot of mileage gaps, um, et cetera, et cetera. So look, sorry that um, it's a bit grim, um, but it is what it is. And um I, I I haven't bothered to replan, so I, I don't know what's next. Um I haven't really been able to replan, if I'm honest, because um well I need to be healthy first, that's the, the most important thing. Um if I'm not healthy, then I can't replan. So once I'm healthy and I know, you know, once I've done a couple of runs, once I've done like a tempo session. And we can tick that box and say, okay, you're healthy. Well, then, of course, I can look at building plans and, and deciding, you know, where to train next, you know, what races to focus on next. But the most important thing right now is to get healthy. And I would advise you, if you if you do pick up niggles and you do pick up problems, then, of course, at, at some point, you need to be willing sometimes to pull the plug. Um, and, and at other times, or change your goals it's like, you know, it's quite simple, either pull the plug or, you know, change your expectations, but then also be willing to, you know, give your body time and like, it's 
weird to say space, but like time and space away from like plan, 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 just to make sure that your body gets a chance to let things calm down before you, you know, you press on. And it also, if, if you plan in, you know, if I say, right, I'm not going to do Houston, but I'm going to do Seville. And Seville's a month after Houston, which seems perfect. But what if this little injury takes two or three weeks? I'm going to be in the exact same position in two or three weeks time where I'm starting to get frustrated with my own body that like it's not healing quick enough. Like, like as if like it was me got my body into this fucking mess. I can't then be angry at it that it's not healing quick enough. You just have to accept. And so, look, I'm going to leave you with that. I will do a podcast later in the week and, and I'll update you about uh, maybe Christmas Eve. I'll update on, um, yeah, like maybe how things went and if I was able to run and um, what that might mean and, and what plans. But um, look, yeah, like <laughs> I have to speak to my therapist today and explain why I'm back in beautiful Belfast. But look, this wasn't intentional. Like all all intentions were to stay in America. Um, on Sunday, instead of flying, I should have been doing a two and a half hour run and, and sitting on the couch and dead happy with myself that I got the long run done, etc., etc. And, and and instead I did a mile on the treadmill. It started to hurt after a mile. I rolled aggressively, and I mean aggressively, um, to get back on the treadmill, which meant I was then running through peeing, massaging my glute while running, etc., etc. It was fucking shite. Um, believe me, I tried. I, I tried to make it work, and my body was just saying no, which... Very, very rarely happens, but I guess you just have to accept. All right, team, I, I really appreciate you listening. Um, I appreciate that you guys care. Um, and, you know, sorry, Houston couldn't work out the way probably the, the majority of the listeners wanted, but um, that's the way it goes. All right, take care. Bye-bye. So I guess um, this is I, – I haven't uploaded the podcast yet, so um, I thought it would be worth um, – Given a small update on today, um, I drove to Victoria Park just because I knew um, it's a mile loop, um, and it then it just meant if I I could have ran from the house over towards Victoria Park, but um, when your last two runs you've had to walk back to the house, um, or well walk back to the jeep and Flagstaff, I I thought it was better to drive somewhere sensible that was you know, flat, good ground, and also meant that the most I'd have to walk would be half a mile from whichever part of the loop I was on, um, if I had pain, so, um, yeah, like, I did six miles, um, no pain, no discomfort, and body was still a little bit awkward, um, and that's basically just, whenever you get hurt, your brain, body goes into, like, kind of like defense mode and it stiffens up quite a bit so um i i was trying as best i could to like hey like you know relax and and i guess as each lap went on i felt the body open up a little bit more and and just kind of gain a bit of confidence in that hey you know everything's fine nothing's hurting um and and yet can really just relax a little bit um so yeah it's all it's all sorted um body's good um and and yeah feeling good um so no i'm really really happy with that um but yeah hope everybody's good and um like i <laughs> it's kind of like a, i'm kind of annoyed that 
you know, it, it, like, I don't understand why it took one, you know, good session of needles to clear up glutes and clear up back. And, um, it's kind of annoying that that in the past had worked really well too. Um, but the dry needling I got in America didn't do that. Um, you know, I think the, the difference in the dry needling at home and in America, in America, it was very, um, needle in, um, needle out so dip the needle in dip the needle out the needles that i got yesterday the dry needle in was you know needles were in for 10 to 15 minutes and um the physio keeps coming back and re you know retweaking the needle dipping it in dipping it out and trying to basically trying to get reactions and as it gets reactions it's it's kind of horrible and nasty but like he's dipping it in dipping it out and it kind of provokes a reaction which is like a big like almost like big tension like it it, the muscle contracts quite heavily but then as it contracts it just releases and i guess that release phase um is like the muscle settling down i suppose perhaps but um yeah you know i really fucking wish i could have got that done three weeks ago um but look it is what it is so um kind of lessons to be learned in there um and and yeah look good news is back running um no pain today i won't run again tonight i'll just put that down as a successful day which again if i'm giving out advice that's really important sometimes to do that in running so um yeah just accept um accept progress um and and then you know you can you can move on um and then tomorrow hopefully i can do two easy runs so um yeah look thanks for listening um hope you're well bye bye